up, movie trivia Schmodown fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown. You caught me eating a mint. <laughs> My name is Brad Gilmore. But you might know me by another name. Mint Boy. You might know me as <laughs> Laboat. Or Governor Gilmore. I will take either oh, one. Boy. And I am... Well, let me hit it. Let me hit it. Let me hit it. Let me hit it. Oh, my God. You're my dreamboat, for sure. Brad Gilmore in this bitch. And I'm joined by a man who is wearing a short sleeve Henley shirt because yeah. he's trying to show off the shoulder gains. His name <laughs> is Frank Janis. Sexy numbers so sexy. from a sexy player. Oh. Love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. I'm Thank feeling you. really good about those. Oh, I'm feeling those numbers. Is that what... Henley does it show it shows off the shoulder gains is that I think so I mean I mean look I'm looking know. at your trapezius muscles right now mm. you know I mean your your uh, labrum looks like it's swelling a little bit in, mm. a, in a good way you know yeah. what I mean okay all right when I was younger and I would see these wrestlers and they're all jacked like Goldberg and he they, they have these huge traps I used to think they looked like a little man like is in the back of them and he they like, put his arms through their bigger arms because mm. they look like they had two sets of shoulders yeah, it's very. You know what I'm um, saying? Yeah, no, no, exactly. It's very weird looking. Weird. It is odd. It is it an is odd. Weird. And you know what? Speaking of wrestling, I just started rewatching. I've seen it before, but I'm, I'm watching it again. The Monday Night Wars documentary, the it's 20 good. part thing. It's so good. It's so good. I, I don't have a whole lot of time to watch like a whole episode, so I watch it at like 15, 20 minute increments. And so like each episode takes me by five days. But <laughs> um, <laughs> were you uh, were you a if you were back then because you weren't watching at the time, right? A little bit. I was, I was like probably, I don't know, middle to the late Attitude Era was when. I mean, I think yeah, when like Stone Cold and Rock were at their height. I think I was. So would you would you in. have been a WWE guy or would you have been a WCW guy? WWE guy for sure. You been a WWE? Yeah. Guy. I, I mean, I was a huge Stone Cold fan. Like, yeah. How could you I had this be? poster up on my on my wall that said. Um, what was it like? One hundred percent, like whoop ass or something like that. Open a can of whoop ass or something like that. Yeah, uh -huh. it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. Great. I um had a Stone Cold Steve Austin costume, right? And I would I would open up little uh, cans of treetop apple juice, <laughs> two at a time, and you know, there it is. Up. Yeah. By the way, I do want to since we're on the topic of wrestling, and I'm, I'm going to plug something up top. I want to make sure everyone goes out there and checks out. The A and E biography of yes. Booker T. Yeah. Uh, have you gotten to see it yet, Frank? Not yet. Not yet. You I'm very to. anxious to watch it. Yeah. It's very, very good. And obviously, I'm biased in certain regard, but um, it was sensational. Like there were things that I didn't, I've never heard, um, in that documentary, and okay. it was it was very crazy, especially his early life. Gotcha. Early life, nuts, nuts. What he had to endure and overcome. Nevertheless. You talk about enduring and overcoming. Um, it was a wild week in the movie trivia schmodown. Um, big matches. We had Star Wars. We have teams. We have more teams to get to. This uh, kind of pseudo teams tournament, or not even pseudo, this teams tournament, yeah. uh, coming to a finish here rather quickly. It looks like we're, we're seeing how that bracket is, is shaping out, and we're going to know soon who's going to be challenging for those championships, right, Frank Janish? But... Um, where, where should we start? Do we start with the matches? Do we start with... Where do we start? Well, I I kind of wanted to start with some of the stuff that I missed 
last oh, week since I you know wasn't. What? You know what? Look, you weren't here. Yeah. Yo, I held it down. Okay. Solo dolo. Yeah. For, did you watch? I did. I, I just haven't had a chance, man. You know what? Yeah, I thought we were friends. But it's all okay. When I'm not on the show, I don't watch either. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I want, I'm going to give you the floor. Mm. Previously on the movie trivia showdown, Frank Janish. Take it away. You can take another minute backstage, probably. I think that's what he's going to do. He's having I'm another... not, but you know what? Think... <laughs> this, this is called giving you the floor. Okay. All right. Go for it. I, I think this is also, I'm giving you the floor so I can eat or drink something without anybody seeing me. Look, I'll drink screen. water on screen. Yeah. Well, that's fine. But yeah, I think you're about to have a whole meal, probably. Anyways. No, it wasn't like last week. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, real quick, Danger Zone, midterms. Uh, midterms, Zipper and Jonathan Harris. Jonathan Harris back in the fold now with Swag and teamed up with Zipper. I thought they played really well. I thought they played really well. They just kind of got in a hole er- pretty early, um, considering you know the the competition they were playing. Ben Bateman and Dan Merle debuting as Danger Zone, and I, they did, I think, what a lot of people assumed that they would do, but you never know once you get into a match and see how it unfolds. The movie release dates... Um, play there in the second round for them was pretty great um pretty phenomenal to watch and midterms you know they also played a great second round as well so i like to i like to think that midterms hopefully won't break up heading into next season and we'll get into that whole topic a little bit later but uh overall danger zone came out had to live up to hype had to live up to expectations these are Two champions in Dan Merle and, and Ben Bateman, and I thought they played to those expectations, played to that hype, and now they move on to the second round, having to play Deception, who played a perfect, accurate game, the first team to ever do it in the history of the of the division, and that is going to be one hell of a match. It could I, I very I very much think that's going to possibly be in the conversation for match of the year when it's all said and done. And that match goes down tomorrow, Friday, uh, the fourteenth. So I'm looking very much forward to that. Moving on to the pay per view uh, between Rick Raddis and Peggy Gubbins. You know, I was definitely rooting for Peggy. You know, she's from Chicago, my hometown. Uh, she had a great, great match. Rick, he played really well as, as well, and unfortunately, Peggy just couldn't pull out the win, and Rick gets a, gets a big win there. Tough, um, well, tough Well-played match. Yeah, tough five. Tough five, definitely. Well-played match all around. It was, it was great. I thought this was, between these two players, I think they make for the perfect type of undercard when you have a huge title match that we had against Andrew DiMolanta and Alex Damon. Now, against Alex Damon... For the second time in a row, that's a tall order to try and beat him for the second time. Based on how they played last time, 51-50, to 50, I certainly thought we would see somewhat of a replication of that match. Hardly missing anything, very tight throughout, and am I surprised that Andrew DiMolanta beat Alex Damon for the second time in a row? Yes and no. Again, based on how they played last time, this was a, it's a pick'em between both of these players. I mean, it went to sudden death last time, so there's no reason to think that it wasn't going to be tight throughout, and one little hiccup could cost you the match. Little did did we all know that there'd be hiccups from the very beginning, throughout the first round, into the second round, and Alex Damon with those stumbles early on and and often within the first two rounds really put him in a bind, saw him rattled for probably the first time ever in a Star Wars match, and it was really, really interesting to watch, really odd to watch, since we've never seen Alex Damon in that in that situation before. 
or Andrew DiMolan to, to stick to stick with it, to stay focused and to ultimately defend the title. Um, just a heroic feat uh, by Andrew DiMolanta. And, uh, you know, seeing Andrew DiMolanta win it, or defend it, rather, um, I think is ushering in a new era of the Star Wars division, which has already started with the infusion of these new rookie players and Dragon Con and all that stuff, and the level of play being um, ratcheted up, as well as the question difficulty, which, which... I don't know, Brad. Actually, can you come back in here real quick, Brad? Because I you want to want ask me, you. You want me to come back in here? Yeah, because okay. I want to ask you something that... I'll answer it. Yeah, that I noticed in the chat, in the live chat. And someone else, I think someone had pointed this out in the chat. And I don't know where you stand. But it okay. did, and it has kind of... This is, it's a minor quibble. It really is. Uh-oh. Because it seems like, due to the nature of play in the division, of the Star Wars division, and how high it is... It's seemingly become. It's not. It wasn't Andrew D. Melanta versus Alex Damon. Yes, it was, but it was Andrew D. Melanta versus Alex Damon versus the question writers now, and and that's kind of a weird spin on the match, if you ask me, because there's rightfully so um, a lot of praise heaped on the on the question writing team, and absolutely they're doing a tremendous job, but. I don't know how you feel, but when I, when when it's when the question writers team are so much involved in the match, uh, seemingly, and it's not just in the this this title match, but in other matches as well, it, it's it's a little odd to me that that this is now po- almost seemingly part of the game. Even you know Christian well, and Ellis will 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 reference great you know great question i mean yes there are great questions that happen every match and there's um a lot of attention paid to who's writing the questions and how well they're doing absolutely i'm not taking away the hard work that they're doing over there but it is interesting how uh at least to me watching like this year more than ever um the question writing team has been seemingly involved and it's just the writing team versus the players uh, i don't know what do you think of how do you view that dynamic? That's seemingly I, I, kind of. Out I there. guess I haven't really, you know, paid much attention to it. I mean, other than, I mean, even when you take an SAT or you take a, you know, any kind of certification exam or whatever, any kind of test, um, the people who make the test they try to make things tricky. Sometimes they try to be cute with the wording, you know, to see if you really know. The information. Uh, sometimes they give away the answer in the question. Uh, sometimes they really make you have to think about it. And I think that's why sometimes we're like, oh, man, that was a good question because it really makes you think. I haven't really picked that up. And maybe there was some in the chat. Um, I do know there was this silliness about the Obi-Wan Kenobi question. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I – that stuff – see, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, they, they tell you when you're in, in kindergarten, you know, hey, there's there's no such thing as a stupid question, right? There's no such thing. You know, everyone's opinion matters. We need to hear from everyone. Yeah, yeah. They lied to you all. I, there is such a thing as a stupid comment, and there is such a thing as not everyone needs to be heard. The, 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 the ridiculousness of that Obi-Wan complaint was just, it really, it almost sent me over the edge. Yeah, yeah. It, it is pretty ridiculous. It is pretty ridiculous. You're right. That one um, is a ridiculous yeah, one. Yeah, it no, really 100%. is. That's like that's like if they asked about Han Solo, right? And you're like, okay, well, he was in the all the original trilogy. 
He was in Solo Star Wars Story. Uh, he was in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, he was in um, uh, uh, Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker, right? But they're like, well, he wasn't officially credited in the Rise of Skywalker, so was he really in the movie? I saw some of that one time, and I was like, come yeah, on, yeah. guys, really? This is the game that we're playing? This is the game that we're this, right. this is the game you want to watch? This is why we have benefit of the doubt. Stuff like, okay, I'm getting off yeah. topic. And, yeah, your, yeah. your topic was, do I think that there's a, a game being played with them versus the, uh, you know, they're playing against the writers? I don't think so. I don't feel that. I feel like the writing has been solid yes. as a rock. More than solid, yes. Yeah. Well, how can you be more than solid? Ice cold. I don't know. Ice cold solid. <laughs> Look, man, there's liquid vapor or liquid gas solid, okay? You only got three options here. We're going to go with solid. Rock hard. <laughs> Rock hard. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so it's it just a little minor quibble because I saw that kind of – I saw someone uh, comment that in the live chat. And I go, yeah, that, that's, well, that's, that's kind of what it feels like, at least – most particularly in in that in the case of this match for sure because it was talked about in reference in the match that you know the players wanted harder questions and so yeah you're gonna get a little bit of that feedback in the match but be careful what you wish for yeah they certainly got it um, Joshua wouldn't that always be the case there are questions that competitors have to answer and PJ and the writing team have established a new and particular structure of how to structure of how to present things there's a lot of talk about gaming for questions. And how they are written these days, I think it adds fun and strategy to the game. Um, again, I what's the bit? What That's, do you say the biggest difference though is in the question writing? I I guess I haven't noticed there being any cutes cutesiness or liberties or I anything mean, being taken. There has been some kind of um, clever wording of questions when it's in terms of what kind of answer are you looking for. For instance, the the creed question, right? If you don't give the if you just kind of you know give the year, but maybe you give the director so it's kind of like maybe that's not the one i'm that's not a good example what was the one i was just thinking of where i was like that's a pretty clever way of there's a there's a different there's a, a way of um structuring the questions in terms of what information they are or what the answer that they are looking for but they also give you some extra uh some extra information there that doesn't necessarily need to be there but as a player you need to figure out how to filter that out and and so i appreciate that but i think it's what i'm coming at the angle is 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 during the match we're talking about it and it's and it's just a it's an interesting dynamic that we've never seen before in previous seasons and it's really i think been quite evident this year um which is something that when you look at the game i want to contain it to the game if we want to talk about the questions and all that stuff afterwards absolutely you know in in posts on shows like us and and other after shows and i know called action guys they do a whole show as well that's that's great, and it should be talked about in praise. But I'm just within the game itself. I find it um, interesting that this has now become somewhat part of the game now. Okay, okay, yeah, you that's, know, just, yeah, well, that's just my take, my I, observation. I need, okay, and I appreciate it because it's something I haven't thought about. So I, I will pay closer attention to that moving forward. So maybe I can be a little bit better equipped to uh, engage in, in in a duel with you, a, a duel of of verbiage. Um, I didn't want to say war of words, so I said a duel of verbiage. Um, nevertheless, we will, I'll pay attention to that going forward. We do have, um, a special guest joining us later. Is it still a mystery? Are we keeping it a mystery? Um, I mean, if you've seen the, the, 
the description, if you read the description, then you know we're having a member, a winning member of the Rushmore Lightning Time match. So if you've seen that match, so it's down to four. then it's one of those two people. Okay, then 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 we'll then we'll we'll just let them wait. We'll let them wait. We'll one of wait. those two people. I mean, I don't know who the, who the viewers or the listeners or watchers think it is. You know. Also, I want to do an edition of Schmodown Cold Call because we haven't done it recently. That's so right. I want to do Schmodown Cold Call. Uh, this is going to be like when Radiohead they released an album back in like 2010, and they're like, you know what? You pay what you think it's worth. Do you remember when they did that? It was yes. like you could pay for any yeah, pay yeah, any yeah, amount. Yeah, yeah. You pay whatever you think it's worth. So we're gonna do a, a, a you pay whatever you think it's worth. Uh, we will need some donations in order to make the phone call. However, the recipient of the phone call, nobody tweet her and tell her. I plan on schmodown cold calling. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you? That's not. That's like. What? Why would you? You're about to reveal the name of the schmodown cold call. Yeah. Isn't that what we always do? No, we 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 bring it up as we're about to do it. We don't like. Hey, in 25 minutes, we're going to be... I thought that we would say it, and then we get the... No, we just say, you know, we're going to... I okay, guess if you want to see... Wait, maybe, no, maybe I think you are right. Maybe I, I am, am right. right. I am right. Maybe we've done it both ways, Brad. Maybe we've done it both ways. Look, whatever you're into is cool. You don't have to talk about it. Right. <laughs> do whatever. Do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I want to schmo down... Shh, don't tell anybody. Cold call Miss Jennifer Sturger. Jen Sturger will be the victim... Of the Schmodown cold call oh, this boy. week. It's aggressive. She'll be the recipient <laughs> yeah. of the phone call. That's a little aggressive. Just... She'll be the recipient of the Schmodown cold call this week. Um, so give tip what you will. And if you have a particular question you'd like oh. to ask Jen Sturger, that's how we'll do it. Tip jar it up. And there then I go. will ask her as we're calling her. See? Okay. You know, we talk about this before we go live. But yeah, really, yeah. we figure it out together right no yeah we talk about things but we never come up with a solution until we're until right it's spot. right now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's best that way yeah um yeah so she'll be the recipient recipient also i see tim sim in the chat tim sim uh, can i tell tim sim can i tell the people what what we did together am i allowed tell me in the chat and i'll i'll plug it um nevertheless so that would be the the recipient of the schmodown cold call so I get. I guess let's get into the Star Wars match from this week. Yeah, uh, it was. It was a. It was a good one. I mean, a return of sorts. We are all excited to see ground control to Major Tom, the Major Thomas Harper taking on the Knight Eric Whiteley. Um, Thomas Harper, highly sought after, highly sought after. And put that picture back up one time. Put that. Look. Look at his photo. Look at that. How menacing is that? That's how menacing. That's the, that's the only picture he's ever taken. Did you know that? It's the only picture he's yeah. ever taken. Took it at the, at a Sears. Uh, it was a family portrait day, and well, uh, he got a separate package. Just he got the Jedi Knight package, is what he got. Yeah, just him. Are wait? Are you being facetious? Are you Are you kidding me right now? Are you? Come on, come on. <laughs> I don't know. He's a mystery. He's a man of mystery to me. <laughs> maybe like I don't Austin know. Powers. Maybe maybe he did. Maybe. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna be on Tim Sims' show this week. This nice, upcoming, the insight. Think, the yeah. insight coming up this Tuesday. Yeah, I've been on there. Yeah. You've been on there? For you, yeah. Yeah, well, it's okay. There's, uh, <laughs> you know, there's only one FCL commissioner between the two of us. and um, yeah. Anyway, right. I'll be on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be on there. 
on good uh, this for you. Yeah, good for oh, you, fellow Houstonian. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. such a. You know, I missed you a little bit, kind of. Yeah, I know you did. Um, <laughs> Thomas Harper pulls out the victory, twenty-six to twenty-five. You see, he had what we saw recently from Deception, the Hundy Hundy, right? Uh, the Hundy Hundy, Eric. Eric, again, we have a very good Star Wars division. We it's kind of like let me ask you this: Do you think it's we have a like a bunch of players who are really really good, and then we have like four, three or four who are great, or do you think they're all at the same level? That's a. I feel like they're. Uh, I don't think there's a huge gap. Like I think when you there's look not. at your geekdom. I mean, you look at, like, the top four or five players, and then you look at the rest, and you go, oh, I think there's a considerable gap between the yeah. elite and then, like, the other really good players in, in the division. With Star Wars, I think it, it's it's so clustered at the top end. Who's better than who in, on any given day? However, I think you look at double hundo performance from Thomas Harper in back-to-back matches, mind you, uh, hasn't missed a question at all. Um, that's impressive, and that's something no one has ever done in the division. Sure, it's not as deep as other divisions, so it's kind of just getting its real legs under it. And Thomas Harper is leading that charge, especially among the Dragon Con players, the rookie players that came in this season. And you talked about how he was a first-round pick by Kate Mulligan and highly sought after. Thomas Harper was like the first name of the Dragon Con players, of the incoming Star Wars players that you heard As about. Everybody was talking Everybody about was talking about him. Everybody Every was manager... Every manager I talked to during the offseason exactly. was like, Harper's on the board. Harper's on the and board. Harper's not, on the board. And here we see why, again, in his second match, going perfect, perfect. Uh, just an incredible display by him. But also, Eric Whiteley. Look, he talked about in his promo and in, in, in his past match that, yeah, I wasn't super up to the minutia, but I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I know a lot. So he came into this division wanting to compete, but also having a great base knowledge to build off of. And I think you've seen that. And so he still has a little bit of ways to go, obviously. But he's he's no slouch in this division. And as we were just talking about, I think everyone's jumbled up really closely. There's just no huge gaps in terms of, look at this group of players, and then there's a huge gap, and now there's this gr- group of players. Because you even, look like, you even look at players like Adam Whip. There's, yes, sure, his record is winless, but he's still very good, and above him are just very, very good players and great players. And but that that margin, that gap is is very small. Um, so this this, and I said this I think all last season or in the off season, every match in Star Wars Division is going to be a nail biter. It's going to be decided by one or two questions, and it's going to be chaotic and insane and highly entertaining for the whole season. Yeah. No. Uh... This one was obviously that Tim Sim with the 499. I initially said that Thomas is the Kevin Smets of Star Wars. Boy, was I wrong when the majority said he is the Thomas Harper of Star Wars. Yeah, I saw that little uh, thread there, and boy, did they let him have it. And did they um, let Tim Sim have it? Yeah. Look, here's the thing. Here's the th- so there's some things that I just well, – this is what we're not going to do. I will not tolerate any slander for Timothy Simothy. That is not okay. That is not – that's his full name. I don't know if you knew that. It's Timothy Simothy. He shortened it. You know, it's his okay. uh, pseudonym. It's a pseudonym. Okay. Is Tim yeah, Tim City 3000, yeah. Tim City 3000, right. Timothy Simothy. And um, I, I don't appreciate any slander of the sort. And the oh, So you is, agree? You agree? You agree that, that Harper is, a, is, is uh, the Smets this year? 
I'm not saying that I agree with it, okay. but I'm saying I don't I don't appreciate any slander. Um, I think I don't Thomas, know if anyone's thrown any slander. You even you didn't even read the thread. I bet. I'm just assuming. Okay, I'm assuming, and I'm not going you know to allow. They say about assumptions. Happen. You know what they say? You know, yeah, yeah, that uh, you suck. That's what they. Say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim Sim, always always good to hear from you, yeah, man. Um, now, Eric Whiteley. This guy, because I, I uh, Thomas Harper. This is actually the first match where Thomas Harper became the story. Because in Thomas Harper's debut against Adam Witt, Adam Witt was kind of the story of that match, yeah. how great he was. And everyone kind of like was like, oh, yeah, Thomas Harper, like you did really, really good. You won. Congrats. But, man, did you see how great Adam Witt was? And in this one, I do feel bad a little bit for Eric Whiteley because he put in a solid effort, a uh, great effort. Yeah. Um, some of those questions that he was able to pull was nuts. It was so insane that he knew that. And 26-25, sure, uh, Thomas Harper has the, the double hundo, as you call it, and, and the win. But someone suggested this in the chat, and I think it's great. Adam Witt versus Eric Whiteley should be next. It's got to be done. It's got to be done, it's I gotta think. It's got to be done. Get um, one of these guys the dub here. Yeah, yeah. And and luckily for Eric Whiteley, you know, at 0 and 2, he didn't have to wait till 0 and 4 <laughs> for, you know, an over match. Here's uh, the craziest along. thing is, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I think you're the one who told me this. Or maybe Adam told me this. Adam Witt's never won a match. That's correct. Ever. That's correct. It's incredible. Ever. He's like a total of like 0 and 7 or something like that collectively. Do you know um, how crazy that is? That's, yeah. That's insane. And, I, and how good he is. Because, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. He doesn't, he, he, He's not a bad player. No. He knows a lot. And he's very valuable to his faction mates. Like, every, everyone will tell you that. Kaiser, especially, will tell you how valuable he is to the dungeon as a whole. And you know, guys who, who, who don't have the knowledge, you know, or as much knowledge as Adam Witt, do win matches in this league. It's just for somehow, this guy just ends up Playing, he plays tough competition. I mean, he does not. He didn't back away from Thomas Harper. He didn't back no. away from uh, facing Zach Burkett. So it's just no. like, you know, he he goes right at him. And um, um, but but we're here talking about Eric Whiteley and Thomas Harper uh, once again. I guess we made Adam with the story. You know, for, for <laughs> that's this. his talent. Adam yeah, this is he just, he just won't go away. Yeah, it's great because I love Adam with. So how could you not? How could you yeah. not? What a gem of a human. Um. I think that I think again, Star Wars is on fire now. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. From what you've seen from Thomas Harper, because he has come in the major, he has taken odd orders from Kate Mulligan, right? There's been some odd oddities there. There was a lot of echoing. There was some four Skype issues, it sounded yeah. like, during their last uh encounter. Nevertheless, massively impressive through two games. Will he be a champion before the year is out? Or do you think he's got what it takes to take down the upper echelon of Star Wars? He definitely has what it takes to get to a title match. So he's going to be Andrew Dimolanta? Can he? I think he can. Do I if think Dimolanta can beat Harper? Yeah, I think he can. So it's it's about... What ha what's going on that day, you know, for those specific players? It's really, it's, we're really at the point for this division where 
you have to start really thinking outside the box. Like if Andrew DiMolanta, uh, let's say, gets gets courtside tickets to the Magic, and Thomas Harper gets a red light ticket, that could be the reason why DiMolanta wins the match that day. Like just something bizarre. Would have to go in favor. I was so trying to follow yeah, that. No, no, it, it is, yeah, that would be bizarre. Right? And, like, that that's that's how I would have to base my picks. Like, did, did any of them, you know, lose their job that day? Did any of them get a ticket? Did yeah. any of them, you know, not get the concert tickets they wanted because it sold out quickly? Like, that's where – like, that's – I have no other way to be like, yeah, he's this person's going to win based on they, their accuracy rate. Because that really does not – factor in a whole lot anymore once because the division is just star wars it's so specialized and and the questions can only get so ridiculous before you're like this should should never even be asked so you have to find the outline and you know i think they did a pretty good job in this past title match of you know figuring out you know what um you know these players know and don't know or still need to brush up on it if you will um yeah it's just going to be become much more of a mental um, uh, attrition of war in this division, more so than in any division that Schmodown has. Because when you look at how Alex Damon played, he was just off barely by some of these these yeah. these answers he gave. And it's just if your if your brain's, you know, neurons aren't firing all cylinders, it's gonna cost you a match. And it's not just because and Scrimshaw has said it in the past, whoever has that brain fart you know, because almost everyone knows just about every single thing that's going to be asked. So whether or not you know it in time or you don't, you know, confuse it or mess it up in some way. Um, and that's just the nature of the Star Wars division. It is the nature of the Star Wars division. Um, we are going to be talking more about Star Wars, I'm sure, going forward uh, all season long. There's been a lot of great ones. I'm interested to see how quickly Harper can find his way into it. And also, Tim Sim with a great idea. Harper versus Ace is a match to look out for in the Star Wars. I mean, that, that Ace has got to beat Sean Sullivan coming up. So if he does that, you're going to get your Ace, wish, Tim. Sean Sullivan's great, too. But yeah. I think that I think that Ace should be favored, at least, in that match. Oh, Ace is definitely be favored in that match. I mean, he won the tournament last year. went to the spectacular, right? right? He beat Andrew DiMolanta. Um, ah, yes. Yes, so he did, laddie. He's obviously a favorite, and he hasn't really been talked about a whole lot. No, he hasn't. Um, this season, because a lot of attention drawn to these D- Dragon Con players, a lot of attention has been drawn to players like Adam Witt, you know, and Eric Whiteley. And let's um, not forget so, about Laura Kelly. And Laura, well, I mean, we also haven't talked about her since the debut of the season, right? So, yeah. but she's going to have her shot in July against the Milanta. Um, and that's a rematch, right? So, between those two, and that's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do have another match to talk about. Uh, but before we do, I mean, look, we're about, what, we're like more than halfway through the show, right? So I feel this could be a good opportunity. Take a little break. Okay. A little siesta. Mm-hmm. And um, Shimon on cold call. Oh, all you right. You think now would be a good time? I, uh, tonight, yeah. Okay. Okay. Boom. Okay, there it is. The Rundown Boys cold call. Here it is. Shimon on cold call. Let's see if it happens. Not sure if, not sure if we're going to get, you know, if we're going to get anything. Here, you know, you let's never see. know. We run the risk here. This is we run uh, the risk. live television, folks. We run the risk. So let's see. Jen Sturger, I'm pulling up her name. I'm calling her. Do you have Jen it Sturger. listed by first name or last name? Hello? Jennifer Sturger. 
Jennifer, Jennifer Sturgeon, this is Brad Gilmore from the Schmodown Rundown. You are live on the Schmodown Entertainment Network. How are oh, you doing? Thank God I thank God I embarrassed myself. Uh, Well, you know what? This is our favorite segment that we call Cold Call. And I just go through the Rolodex and I call somebody from the Schmodown universe. And guess what? You picked up on one ring. And I got to say, that really lets me know where I am in your life. Like my level of importance. That is like, that is a really, that's a true friend right there. The only one who's done it, I think. I'm not going to lie. I was waiting for a phone call back to someone else, and I'm driving, so I didn't even see your name pop up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You just rained on my parade a little bit there. A little bit oh there. Oh, my God. But how are you doing, and how how are all things in, in Schmoville related to you? Oh, they're great, man. They're great. Right now, I'm uh, I'm on the road. I'm traveling. I actually just pulled into the baseball field to watch a baseball game. Life feels like it's like sort of becoming normal again, you know. But uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, Brad. I do miss you a little bit. I miss our show. I miss having fun and you know making fun of you endlessly every single week. And uh, we got to figure out a way to bring that back. Yeah, no, we did have we did have fun in our in our short run of, of coming up next. Frank Janish, it was actually his favorite show. He was very, very he liked yeah, it more than the rundown. Um, <laughs> but Jen, you you are back. You know, we're getting to see you more this season. You know, getting to do what you do best. Your your interviews are off the charts. Let me ask you this though: you've had more run-ins. It feels like this season than ever before with Bobby Gucci and members of the Finstock Exchange. It seems as though they're always drawn to a victory, and then you have to talk to them. How has it been had to deal with Gucci and Rick Raddus and all those people this year? I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm setting myself up to have the conversation with Christian about getting a raise at the end of the year. Not gonna lie, um, yeah, my patience quite a bit on the dailies, but um, I'm not, they, they've been really impressive this season, so I gotta give it to Gucci. We were all kind of ragging on him and saying he's a bad man and thinking that he was making all these crazy choices, and he's actually kind of looking like a genius right now, so can't talk too much crap. I know. How is that possible that he's he's proving all of us wrong? He's looking, he's looking hey. like Gucci of old. Brad, even a drunk squirrel can find a nut every once in a while, okay? I guess that is true. I guess that's an accurate assessment. Um, but <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you. We were just talking about you know Star Wars. We were talking about Andrew Dimalanta, Alex Damon, Alex Damon taking taking another L uh, two in a row to Dimalanta. That's not something I ever thought that we would see. I was pretty confident that he'd get his title back in the rematch. I mean, you saw it all unfold. What were your thoughts on that? That was honestly one of the most heartbreaking losses I've had to witness just because it just felt like once he missed that first question he was rattled the rest of the way and it was like I don't know that we've seen a bigger case of like the schmodown yip you know what I mean yeah I mean I think that you're right as soon as he got those you know wrong he started started to get rattled a little bit and then it you know we saw what happened we saw what happened Frank Janish you look like you're chomping at the bit over there what did you have to tell Jennifer Sturger uh I don't I no, I was looking at something else. Sorry. Oh, okay. You're doing such a great job. Frank was like well, looking don't at let me bother... Jesus, don't let me bother you, Frank. I know, really. Wait, can she really? hear me? Can you hear Frank? Yes, I'm like, you're the one that called me. Can I remind Wait, you? Wait, like, don't works, let me take up too much of your time. 
Yeah, Frank, yeah. So why don't you know your role and shut your mouth, Frank? Why don't you know your role and shut your mouth? <laughs> okay. But, but... <laughs> But Jen, you you you've obviously you're you're enjoying now. You say you're going to a baseball game, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. We have to have our our actual catching up uh, of together. But uh, you do have a, a fan question here from Joshua, and he wanted to know this. He says, "Has interviewing after title matches been strange during the digital era? How are the emotions different than experiencing them live?" I can connect a lot better with people when I'm in person uh, and I feel like I can draw out that emotion but I'm not going to lie there have been some there have been some very emotional matches you know uh, in post interviews even in the digital era and I don't know if that's just my ability to connect with people digitally or or, or what but um, I haven't felt too much of a difference but that said like there's been plenty of times I've to hug people after a loss or you know in, or celebrate their victories with them and that I, I do feel like I miss a beat when it comes to that stuff now. So hopefully by the end of the year, um, you know, I'll be doing normal post interviews. And I think that that's, I think normalcy will feel great for all of us. Oh, well, duh. I mean, I mean, what the CDC is saying, you know, we can go maskless now. I don't mask know. Off. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm going to be still timid to do it. Are you going to go full mask off, Jen? Or, we, or is this what we're doing right now? Are we going to live life on the I mean, edge? I, I, vaccine are you just scared of raw dog and some air is that what the problem is you know what i mean you know what i mean i've always played it safe jen i've always played by the rules i've always played by the rules um yeah i don't know i don't know (laughs) but uh nevertheless i'm gonna get so many angry text messages from christian after this no yeah 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 i think that you're i think that you're gonna be fine i can't get over someone in the chat keeps calling me brat B-R-A-T and not Brad, and it's really pissing me off. Um, nevertheless, nevertheless, Jen Sturger, uh, it's always great to hear from you. I'm hoping that we're going to get back to live events. You know, I think New York's on the horizon, L.A., things of that nature. Wait, wait, I have, I have a question, actually. God, I can't well, Okay, what, what do you have now? For, okay, oh, I now just, you want to speak up, Frank. I just, now well, you want to talk. You know what, yeah. Jen's a busy woman, and here you are, dilly-dallying, wasting your time, acting right. like a real great A.J. Brone. What is your question? All right. Well, jeez. Well, no. I just want. I'm just curious um, about Jen. What do you think about what the Finstock Exchange has done thus far? Is that more surprising, or is the lead that the dungeon has built is that more surprising than what the exchange has done so far? I'm just gonna say, guys, this feels oddly familiar, and I'm not going to put the cart before the horse and count out other factions. We still got a long season ahead. I look at Schmodown season the way I look at baseball season. Like every year, like the Mets are like, "Yeah, we're gonna kill it," and I'm like, "Relax, you gotta get to September." And what happens before every September? They crumble. So, like, I just say, pace yourselves, gentlemen. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I agree, Jen. I mean, I, I think that I even made that point, and they say. They say great minds think alike, and I think that you just uh, illustrated that very, very, very well. Um, Jen. Which makes me wonder why you left me for Frank, but you know what? Look, if, <laughs> I, had a, if I had an option, if I had an option, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. If I'm like. <laughs> but nevertheless. Um, appreciate you, Jen. I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to blow you up here. And you said that you're expecting another call that's way more important than me. So enjoy your baseball oh, no. game. I'm expecting a call that's 
call because I'm lost. I needed directions. Oh, got, I got Google Maps. Do you not have a GPS, Starger? This is 2021. You know what? Leave me alone, okay? I'm an old-timer. Jen's trying to get you. She's got like the map like in the movies in the 90s where they're holding it upside down. They're putting it against the windshield. Well, uh, well, then find your baseball game, and whomever you're rooting for, I hope they win. Look for the lights. Thank you, darling. Yeah. It's great hearing from you guys. All right. Talk to you soon, Jen. All right. Later, boys. Be safe. I, I really did feel special that she picked up on the first yeah. ring. I was like, I was surprised. I was shocked. You as were well. shocked, weren't you? I was like, what? I saw your face. I was a little shocked too. I was like, whoa. Okay, but then, yeah. but then I heard, then I could tell she was in the car, so it was just like, okay, well, super easy, just to hit. You know, you're on the Bluetooth, probably you hit the answer button. But I don't think that that's you know that's pretty but fast. But bigger development, she could hear you. Yes. How did that happen? I have no idea. What did you do over there? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing different. Exactly. That's how it works. Nothing how different. It works. Yeah, and I fi- I thought because I told you before that I figured this out, and you know, Booker and I have done it before and it's worked. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know why hmm. all of a sudden it happened. Interesting. Interesting. Um, um, yeah, great, great call though. It was a great great call. call. Always a great call. Always great for hearing from Jen. Yeah. I haven't talked to Jen like on the phone in a long time. It's been a minute, so it so was. You had nice to do to it in like the most impersonal way. <laughs> the first time in a long time, the most impersonal way possible. You know, uh, for entertainment I, purposes. I, yeah. I, uh, okay, real quick, thirty second story. I was listening to Dana Carvey on the Howard Stern show, and apparently Mike Myers stole the idea of Doctor Evil from Dana Carvey because it was an impression of Lorne Michaels and Dana oh, Carvey. Yes. Would do, he would do this, yeah. and he would put his finger up to his his little pinky finger up to his mouth when he'd do it. So anyway, he kind of saw this in Austin Powers. He felt some type of way about it, but he never really, you know, talked to Mike Myers about it at all. Yeah. And Howard was like, well, so you never called him and just, and then, and then, and then Dana Carvey said, then I kind of gave it up. I said, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Who cares? And, and Howard was like, so you never called him and just told him, this is how you felt. This is how you feel now. So that y'all can bring that a little bit, your bond even closer than it is already. And, uh, he was, uh, Dan McCarvey goes, no, I was waiting to do it when I was on national radio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Having go. that impersonal moment. So that was my impersonal, personal moment uh, with with uh, Miss Jennifer Sturger. Um, who is this person in the chat? Because they're, they're really freaking me out a little bit here. That's great. Um, That's they're great, really though. freaking me out a little bit. Nevertheless, should we get into the next match? Uh, before that, though, I wanted oh. to hop it because it's going to deal with our guests. Yes. But I wanted to top or hop into what was brought up on Twitter and in the Facebook oh, group. Oh yes, we need to talk league. about this. Uh, factions. What should happen with the factions next season? Bro, I mean, we're not, we're we're not even halfway through the year. We're no. talking about next year, as you as you always do in sure. any sport. Uh, but in the poll, the the Facebook poll uh, put out by um, Grace uh, listed some options here, and they go as follows: eight factions, ten players. Save four, draft six. Eight factions, eight players on a team. Save three, draft five. Nine factions, eight players on a team. Save three, draft five. Fifteen factions, five players on a team. Save two, draft three. Uh, the winning, so far the total for the, or the winning vote is for eight factions, ten players. Save four, draft six. That has 275 votes in the group. The next closest has uh, 34 votes. So quite definitively in the group, thinks eight factions, 10 players, say for draft six. My personal opinion, Brad, 
is the eight factions. I, I did put in the subreddit yesterday that I was I like to see eight players on a team, but I think ten players is pretty good. But I would save five and draft five. Mm. That's where I stand, and I say so, save five because I think the turnover rate in the team division is just it's kind of really zapped that division. So if we were able to save two teams per faction, theoretically, uh, I think that would help with the um, building the consistency that the division just hasn't had the past couple of seasons. I follow that logic. Um, I also think of it, you know, 10-man rotation style um, with, uh, you know, NBA NBA teams have 12, I believe, right, 12. But I think that um, having your starting five makes a lot of sense sports-wise. The only thing is that shaves off – how many players? So 12 players go? So right now we have, there's 12 on 8, right? It's 12 on 8. Oh. Yeah. Right? We have just 12 on the faction. Yeah. So right now that? we roughly have 96 players. So 16. 16 so, go away. Yeah. Well, they don't go away. They go to the FCL. They would potentially go to the FCL. Most they got to agree to that, you know. Well, that sort of thing. They would. Trust me. Yeah. We're doing big things. We're doing, th- we're, do- we're, do- we're doing big things over here. We're doing big things. Uh, we got I, I like, chat. I like. Oh, okay. Let's pull it up. But I do like, I like eight faction. I mean, I like ten factions. I like eight players per faction. No, wait. What am I saying? I like eight <laughs> factions, ten there players per faction. Yeah. Sorry, ugh. Couldn't get that out. Fools Gill, twenty dollars. Uh, would it be crazy to let managers decide their roster go as low as five and high as twelve? Uh, that, I mean, yes, that's crazy. It's um, a little nutty. Because I think, I think it's also probably not as strategically smart. Because if you're presented with a match as a manager, and you only have five players and none of them can do it, yeah, then you know, you're then you're, you're uh, SOL. Then you're then you, now you're out of opportunities. Also, let's just say they were available. Now maybe your players are playing too many matches. They're getting too burnt out. So I think. If you wanted to have only five players run the gamut for nine, ten months of the year, I, I don't think that's good a luck. recipe for success. Yeah, yeah. good luck. I mean, I, look, it is crazy, Fools Gill. That's why you wanted to say it, because you knew it was a little out there. Guess what? Something in the Gill name that makes us say crazy things on <laughs> this the show. Guild name. Something House in the Gill name. You're from House Gill, yeah. We're from the House of Gill, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um. Because I, I, you know, and furthermore on on this whole topic, though, I think you're going to, as we get back to studio matches, you know, these players that are out of state that play that are able to play in the league now because we do things digitally, whether you know from the East Coast or or have you, um, you know, in the case of Jacob Blunt in Australia, right? Like he's never, not never, but it's the possibility of him playing studio matches consistently, you know. That's an expensive plane ticket for someone like Jacob Blunden, you know? Um, also, I think it might, as we get into studio matches again, you know, players that are local to to the L.A. area are going to have more opportunities to play because it's just easier to book matches that way. And players who are out of state, obviously, Paulo Yama, Chance Ellison, you know, they've been doing it for a while. Um, and, and other players, some other players have, have as well. I mean, JTE's out in the Midwest, so... You know, there, but he's also like one of these legacy players that you're going to want to take care of if he's, you know, right in the hunt of things, especially if Rushmore sticks together next season, right? You know, and they're in the hunt for titles, you know. So there are certain instances where I could see, you know, Adam Collins, you know, he's 
an L.A. guy or Marisol McKee. I mean, they're going to be in the thick of it. So there's going to be some exceptions made. But you better be in the title hunt picture, I think, if you're an out-of-state um, player who's playing digitally right now. So, And unfortunately, I think if you're out-of-state, your um, opportunities of getting kept into the MTS proper go down a little bit because of, you know, there just might not be as much matches for them. However, uh, Christian has said that, you know, Wednesday's next season more than likely are going to be a digital match. That could still involve L.A.-based players, or it could be other players out, out of the state, much like the Star Wars division. There's a lot of players out of out of state that are just keyed right now They're, or making themselves key to the division, right? So it's going to be – and I look – you can you can hear hear cynical Canuck says yeah, they can fly in for big matches yeah yes but not every match is a big match not every match is a big match and you're gonna have to play some of these studio matches to get to big matches right and it's expensive and look yes Schmodan has teamed up with Skybound still ain't cheap you know we, you know we're not printing money over well, I mean, here <laughs> but but let's not let's not operate under the assumption that we are not going to have digital matches anymore oh no that's what I'm saying like yeah. you know we're, yeah. we're still gonna have digital matches next yeah. year. Um, I think in that Wednesday slot, Christian said somewhere. So, but you know uh, um, that there might be a roster out there that doesn't have any players that are out of state, right? They want all LA surrounding area players. Um, so, this, it's this, it, there, it, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Fools Gill has another interesting point. I was wondering if they should have an international division. Uh, international division matches and championships where everyone can play, but it's all digital. Like a fully digital experience. I guess that's kind of going to be what FCL is in yeah. general. So, uh, Fool's Gill, that would be always an option. We I mean, mm-hmm. we have international players almost every week. We have someone either from Denmark or from Glasgow, Scotland, uh, somewhere around the world. So, that's probably where some of those would lie. But also, like you said, there's going oh, to be Jay those. Did back? Becky's in the chat saying... Oh, Ooh. I didn't know that. All right, news to me. That's great. JT's in LA. Oh yeah, and PLD. Oh, PLD's saying it. All well, right, cool. PLD says anything. I did not. I, I did not realize that. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm also not up on his personal life, so why, why would I know that? <laughs> no, no shade to anybody out there who knew that that I'm saying you follow his personal life. Anyways, um, hey, you know, <laughs> the Sox, White Sox are winning. Game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. I don't know on. what happened. Yeah, it was um, weird. It was weird. Oh boy. Uh anyway. Yeah. Um what's funny is that people have no idea what we're referring to. Um I think well maybe they do. Maybe. maybe no, I don't do. I don't even know what we're what you're referring to. You know what I'm referring to? I'm lo- I'm so lost right now. I don't know. Well, happens. It's been a long day. Should we talk about the last match of the day? You mean this one? Yeah, Rushmore, lightning time. I mean, come on, wait. I got to give them their proper respect. They're getting everything on this one. Oh, mamacita. Give us some Roni, brother. Oh, yeah. I mean. I mean. I mean. Wow. I mean, it was, this was a display of, uh, of the highest order of some wow. sort. Of a sort. Okay. Look, R- Rushmore, impressive. Yeah, how, time. Can, how, how could how could you say anything but that? Yeah. Um, here's my thing on Lightning Time. Okay. Tell me if I'm wrong. You know I will. Or let me let me put it to you like this. Then. Let me put it in a, in a question form. 
is or does Ethan Irwin defer to Liz Shannon Miller too much? Interesting question. Interesting. Because it just seems like she would say something. He's like, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Let's do it. You know? And, and, and that could be he literally thinks that it's right. Let's do it. Or he feels that she is more knowledgeable than he is. So he's going to defer to her on things like that where she's very sure and he is not. Or that's the way that their relationship works outside of the schmodown where he normally will go to her for counsel or advisement. So therefore it's translating into the game. I think what has happened here is just an unlucky series of questions that Ethan Ehrman has run into where he's just not confident. Uh, actually, Josh just points that out right here. So Ehrman in the second round over his last few matches, he's been a bit unlike un-Ehrman-like. Absolutely. I mean, he's one of the most dominant second-round players, especially in singles and even in teams, one of the most dominant second-round players the game has ever seen. And you are seeing a lot of deference towards Liz Shannon Miller in these past couple of matches. And I just think it's because he's he's just run into a string of questions that just aren't in his wheelhouse, that just don't click with him right away. And I also think he's he wants to be a team player with Liz Shannon Miller and give her room to breathe and to use that brain of hers use use that brain of hers to pull out those answers. And so I think it's I don't I can't I'm not going to try and speak for the, their dynamic outside of the game, but certainly I think Ethan Irwin respects a hell of a lot in terms of Liz Shannon Miller and what she brings to the table and respects her knowledge. I think that's why you're seeing him defer a little bit more to Liz Shannon Miller just because she seems more confident with her answers. And if you're Ethan Irwin or for any teammate and you and you recognize that in your partner, I think the smart thing to do is to really Oh, they seem a lot more assured um, of uh, of their answer. I should let me listen, you know, what they're saying, and let me cross reference that with what I what I have in my brain and see yeah. how it shapes out. So I think he's being a great team player and, and playing to the strengths of what they are, uh, and 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 given you know the situation that they're in. You know, there's there's a couple of questions in this match. He's like, I just really don't. I'm not sure. Like, you have a way better guess than I do. You know, you at least you somehow figured out where to go and try and pull something out. And um, so I think he recognizes that in Lashana Miller. So that's why I think it looks that way. Um, but it, it is an interesting thing that I had noticed, and it's something that uh, it, it's kind of a little bit of a thing with Rushmore as well that I would like to ask our guests when they do get here about what it's what. How do you feel that out? especially yeah. you know <clears throat> and i want to our guest should be joining us here any minute and i want to talk more about this match but before i do i want to remind people tomorrow may the 14th at 10 a.m pt so that's 12 central that is one eastern mountain time who the hell knows the walking dead survivors presents expo 64 that is skybound's latest expo event you can tune into a full day of panels and live streams on all things video games horror including a brand new exhibition match featuring video drew william bibiani and adam collins that's a horror exhibition match and guess what You'll have a special guest on the desk with Mark Ellis because he's going to be joined by none other than the Walking Dead creator himself, Mr. Robert 
Kirkman! That all goes down tomorrow, May the 14th at 10 a.m. Please go to skyboundexpo.com for more information. That's skyboundxpo.com. That's where you can go. There's going to be links and RSVPs and all that stuff you can find uh, out there in the chat below. You can find it in the description of the video below. So do it. Do it now. Like Willem Dafoe said, I do it for you. That's all going down tomorrow starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. The horror movie trivia schmodown exhibition match. Look at that poster. Beautiful, beautiful bounties, Frank Janish. That's right. In that exhibition match, it says they're on the poster there. It's going to take place around 11.35 a.m. So if you just want to tune in for that, uh, that's that's when it's going down. But you want to see everything. I, yeah, you want to see everything. But also, you know, I'm curious too, Brad, because if Robert Kirkman, who's calling this match, um, at some point, do you think he might play in the Schmodown? I mean, he already had that scene with Christian earlier in the year, right? Um, could we see the creator of The Walking Dead, of Invincible? By the way, have you seen Invincible? Phenomenal Yes, show. yes, yes, good. Phenomenal. I, st- um, I haven't finished it all, but I started oh, it uh, a so few good. nights ago, actually. Yeah. Two nights ago, I just started. Yeah, it's really. And I'm good. not just saying that to be like some company show. Like it's legitimately. Well, Frank, a great show. Everyone knows you are a show. I mean, it's true. Everybody knows that. You've but always I think been. When I say that, I'm not. I really mean that. <laughs> For certain instances, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. It, but tomorrow's gonna be great. Good. Yeah. So yeah, make sure y'all all tune in tomorrow. Okay, tune in tomorrow. Um, we are awaiting our guest who should be joining us here momentarily. But I do but, have some some other things to oh, say. Well, yeah, yeah, actually, I don't, I don't anymore. Actually, actually, I don't, I don't care what you have to anymore. say. Okay. I don't care what you have to say because joining us right now on the Schmodown Rundown, making his triumphant return, a man who always has a lot to say and will have even more to say today because his team was victorious against Lightning Time. He is one half of Rushmore and a face. Of the Mount Rushmore, the movie trivia showdown, ladies and gentlemen, welcome none other than the often imitated but never duplicated. Welcome, John, the Outlaw Roca. Let me feel it. Let me feel it. It's called TKO, TKO Outlaw from now oh on. Boy. TKO Outlaw. TKO Outlaw. Here he is. Put it together. Here he is. How's it going, sir? Going really well. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a bit, so it's nice to see both your faces. Uh, it has but been yeah. a bit. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, what a what a last couple of matches for us. Couple of TKOs. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you add on my other TKO. I have never started a season better. Three TKOs yeah. in a row. Frank knows my stats. Yeah. Like TKOs were like trying to find gold in them their mountains <laughs> back when I used to play. So it's nice to get a little bit of relaxation in the third round. So it's I'm not used to it, but. It shows that my studying and my focus and my attention is paying off this season. So far, it's still early. Yeah, because John, you've you've always had that that focus, that determination, and I think we really started seeing it last year. Even though the wins weren't where you wanted them to be, right. you're still playing at a high level. Uh, it seems now like the fruits of that labor have really come uh, to fruition here early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it been like to to actually now have that? I guess some sort of validation, even though it's very early on in the season. Yeah. You know, you know, you always play for the whole game. That's how you, 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 the whole year rather, that's how you start out and focus on things. Uh, but it's been a nice beginning and, you know, a lot of people and Frank, you know, I've given you crap about it, but you know, playful crap about it, but a lot of people didn't know what to make of our draft or came out and had their little stereo shows with their buddies to make fun of our draft. Well, 
uh, those people are looking up at us right now, and one of those people is top-heavy in a faction where half his players don't even want to play for him anymore. Uh, and so we are doing, and you look at our winning percentage, it's in the 80th percent, 80th percentile. Yeah. That's incredible for the rookies that we've brought in and the veterans that we've signed to be a part of this. So to me personally, this is maybe my most favorite season of the Schmodown wow. because, you know, I love it when everyone doubts us, but I've never been on a faction where everyone literally doubts us. So it's been incredible to see us stepping up to the plate and seeing the young rooks really responding with TKOs all over the place and playing some great steely uh, matches. You just got to give them, yeah. give it up to them uh, overall. I'm curious, going back to you know your drafts, were you guys prepared for the type of response that you were going Man. to get by drafting yeah. essentially all rookies? I mean, you had Taylor Robinson in there, obviously there at the end, who had played previously in the inner geekdom, but mm -hmm. everyone was a rookie. Were you guys anticipating or thinking about, boy, we're, some people are going to say some stuff about you know what oh, we yeah. did here, yeah. but apparently and, and it's and it shows in, in in the results that you guys were quite confident in what you had figured out with these players and right now i think it's quite obvious to say and and fair to say that your rookies are probably the best rookies of the rookie class right now given the mm -hmm. fact that all of them have won i think except for brother lomas at this point mm -hmm. um so i mean you put this dossier together mm -hmm. what's you know you've you've and they've played all the rookies they're eventually going to have to play other yeah. seasoned players, yeah. and, and and that's the true test. How do you feel about their prospects going forward um, as one of the leaders of the FinSec Exchange? I, I feel fantastic. I couldn't be more happy with how they've played, and I couldn't be more confident with how they're going to play once they step up in terms of competition. And, yeah, you can say, oh, they played other rookies. Well, as we've said in the Shmodown many, many times, and in sports leagues, you gentlemen know, you only beat you can only beat the people in front of you as you 100%. march towards where you want to go. And I think these guys and gals have really stepped up to the plate strongly. And we're pra we're playing each other all the time on the weekend, so they're getting seasoned uh, experience playing against me or JTE or Craig. You know, me and JT being the long term veterans, Craig a short term veteran here in this league. So they're getting that experience and. I'm pulling no punches. You know how I am. When we play, I'm talking smack. I'm up in their faces. I'm finding you? out personal details about their lives to bring oh, up boy. in the middle of matches because that's the kind of crap you're going to deal with uh, yeah. when you go up yeah. someone like Ben Bateman who tries to find your ex-girlfriend to bring onto the set. So this is the kind of stuff you're dealing with, or ex-boyfriend, depending on how you go. But it's this kind of thing you deal with here uh, in the Schmodown. So we try to season them as much as possible. But Frank, we did a lot of research. I know people make fun of that dossier, but that dossier is real. I, I saw mean, the I dossier. I mean, I it's know. real. You just, there's no, like, you have to believe it at this point. If and you whenever there's yeah. a physical <laughs> Schmodown Hall of Fame, the dossier yeah, will be enshrined the... in the FinSock <laughs> Exchange wing. If we win the faction title this year, you better oh put that gosh. up in a separate yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. It is not 250 pages. That's for fun. But certainly Craig did an incredible job. I mean, yeah. we did that in the offseason. Uh, Tom and I spoke with Craig. We said, brother, this is the faction going forward. We want you to be with us. Ben Bateman tried to steal Craig. I mean, but uh, uh, short of falling on his knees, uh, uh, he tried to beg Craig to go with him wherever he was going. And in the end, Craig chose to stay with us. 
He had a vision. We had a vision and he, he bought into our vision and he loved the idea that he would get to go out and interview these people and quiz these people and then bring the best to us for us to interview them yeah. uh, and then figure things out. Just like a scout, right? You, you guys know sports. Yeah. yeah scouts yeah. go out and they find the best players. You bring in the best players, you interview them. Some work, some don't. And you find the ones that fit and buy into your idea and what you want to do. And I think we found an incredible group of players. And honestly, it's just the most pride I've ever felt in a faction. Yeah, or in a one, group. That's, 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 one that's last a big question statement coming these, from you. One last question about these rookies, though, because yeah. there comes a time where where you've developed a strategy for your draft and you go, oh my God, we're drafting all rookies. What What is that conversation like? What is that realization like? We're about to draft probably all rookies. Yeah. You know, what is that conversation like? Knowing that there's a lot of talented veterans in that yeah. draft. Well, I think, um, and if we can say something a little slightly inappropriate on the show, we had to put our balls on the table. Both Tom and I had a terrible year last year in terms of him letting a, him leading a faction that let a lead slip away. We looked like the odds on favorites and all the managers groused and cried and complained behind the scenes and got what they needed in the end. And so corruption won, whatever they got their thing. So, but Tom had to take the hits for that. And then some people like Brian ass who's in here. Oh, I'm sorry. Brian Cass who's in here making comments about fourth round Roca. You saw that kind of cheap shots from people who sit in the stands watching what I do. I don't watch what they do. So you hear and listen to all that kind of crap. You took all that crap. And so Tom and I really like came into this season being like, we need to reclaim our status as the greats, a great manager and a great player. So who, how do we make this happen? And I said, and we both kind of, kind of came to this idea. Like, what if we got a bunch of people coach them up because the biggest complaint about tom is oh he's just he's like phil jackson oh he can coach only when he has the best players well what the hell do you think about his job managing now he has taken he's done something phil jackson couldn't do he's brought in rookies brought in players and got them to play at a high level and really surprise a lot of people in the fandom a lot of people on these uh on these uh uh, uh shows and a lot of the competitors and managers as well. And Tom deserves an incredible amount of credit for that, as well as I do, JT, and Craig especially. So to me, I think that's that's the thing. And we thought, well, if we're going to shock the world, let's go out <laughs> yeah. on the limb and shock the world. Because if it fails yeah, spectacularly, did. it's what people expect. But if we if we knock it out of the park, we will be legends. So that's how we played it. And, and y'all, y'all have had a y'all have had a great run so far. I mean, mm-hmm. a really, really solid run. Even Rick Raddus, uh Rick Raddus, mm-hmm. baby, able to get this uh, <laughs> his uh, his win against Peggy Govan. Yeah, let me tell you something, Daddy. Uh, him getting that win in the live stream was big for y'all. But this match here, John, this one, mm-hmm. this one was one a lot of people have been waiting on. Yeah. Just based on the talent involved, I think that Mark Ellis even made a comment that we're looking at four legends uh, in the game. Liz Shannon Miller, um, obviously playing phenomenally over the last couple seasons. We know Ethan Irwin's pedigree. We know you're a pedigree. Yeah. JT and teams, one of the best ever. He's he's on his way of making the conversation that he is the best teams player ever. We'll get there, maybe, maybe. Yeah. We'll get there eventually. But uh, after defeating the press room, uh, and, and getting this opportunity against Lightning Time, what were the conversations between you and JTE in preparation for this match? Because this is one that you really had to think through strategically, yeah. I'm sure. 
Yeah. 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 We, you know, and this is where you have uh, uh, the great resources in your faction. People went back and watched all of Liz's, all of Ethan's matches from our faction, our rookies, because that's a wow. way for them to also get schooled up on what it takes to play these players on learn the week. Listen, we're not grooming them to get victories against rookies. Okay. We're grooming them to win all the belts this year. That's the goal. At some point, the Finstock Exchange will own all the belts. That's our goal. The Star Wars belt, the IG belt, the tags belt, the uh, the singles belt. You can make up a belt. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> go get it uh, for sure. And so that's our goal. So we're training these people up so they can step into a match and not be nervous and not be afraid. Because you know, one of our players said something earlier on our on our thread, and I reached out and I said, "Listen, pal, this is the game. If you want the gold, you've got to deal with the process to get." to the goal and you know they responded positively and strongly and you love to see that so that's our approach to this it isn't just that and so coming into this match everybody stepped up i mean we spent six hours i've been i've been studying like never before but the day of the matches we spent six hours going through things studying some stuff getting myself scored away and these people took time out of their jobs they took time out of their days to, you know, one uh, wow. Moose Moose spent his lunch hour at his job in a cubicle quizzing me about things. Lomas was there spending time with his child and his wife, and they were quizzing me on speakerphone, both him and his wife. His wife is very smart about trivia as well. So everybody's pitching in, and Craig and uh, JTE, you know, it's been incredible to see that. Uh, and on the other side, of course, my Outlaw Nation patrons have been phenomenal with the amount of time they've spent getting me ready as well. So it's, it, I knew with the Ethan situation, I didn't want to play into it. Didn't want to play into any of the comments. I knew Ethan was going to say all the stuff he says. He likes being the nerdy, quiet, high-pitched assassin. Respect to him. <laughs> but in the end, we took care of business, and we knew he wasn't strong in classics. And I imagined Liz wasn't going to be strong in classics. So when they spun opponent's choice, that was our strategy going in. Let's see. Let's get something good for us, and then if they spin opponent's choice, let's give them classics and play around with it. And you know, I answered those two to steal. Uh, which made up for missing the flipper question in round right. one and missing yeah. that extra question, which I would have gotten because I know that's Justin Timberlake. So I put those two points back on the on the board for us, and that ended up being the diff being the difference. You know, now John, were were you surprised that the match ended in a TKO against the the caliber of player you were playing? Because you assume, I think, when you go into a match like this, it's probably gonna come down to the five. It just depends on what position we're able to put ourselves by the time we get to that that point in the match mm -hmm. to get a TKO over Ethan Irwin and Liz Shannon Miller who played oh, yeah. very well in their debut yeah, and, and they had another TKO to the Finstock exchange tally. Um, does, what does, what does a TKO mean to, to the Finstock exchange at this point, just because you're getting so many yeah. and what does it mean to get it over players like Liz, like Ethan Irwin? Well, to me, it's, I, I love the fact that we um, are leading by example. And I think that's an important thing. And I, I, the reason I've spent so much time this season, because I can't ask the rookies to do something I'm not going to do. Like, uh, you know, Straight like up. any, like any good captain, any good yeah. team, any good manager, any good uh, coach, you can't ask the players to do something you're not willing to do. And I can't ask them to put in the time if I'm not going to put in the time. So when the TKO happened, I was overjoyed, Frank, but at no point was I like, wow, what a surprise, what a shock. I was just like, this is the plan going forward. I'm glad I got a TKO here. We got a TKO, rather, and 
can show the way for the young young people in our faction, or the sorry, not young in terms of age, but young in terms of experience. Sure. We can show the way that that if you put in the work, you put in the time, you go through the strategy, the results will show up for you. And so that's what's important to us. I also got to know, John, teaming yeah. up with JTE. Yeah. I think about this, top 10 Patriots. That oh, yeah. trilogy of ma matches that you know didn't go your way, went yeah. JTE's way, but now you are playing together. You know, I think a lot of people in the offseason heading into the season yeah. were saying, oh, it's going to be probably Roken Barbarian. There's no way JT and Roken are going to Well, it seemed like the yeah. obvious pick, right? Based yeah. on what Craig did last season. Um, how great he was through all divisions, oh, the sure. camaraderie and, and 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 companionship that it seemed that was obvious between you all, y'all mm -hmm. selecting to, to to retain him. We all thought that Craig was going to be the guy. Let me ask you this before you finish your question, Frank. Was there That's ever the was yeah. was there mm -hmm. ever a chance? Was there ever a, a a moment? I guess where that was the A team on the table. It was going to be you and Craig, or was your idea oh, sure. always to go and get JT? Oh, sure. We always considered the possibilities, right? But we're very organic faction and in that way there's no egos here to be smoothed over i mean there's hierarchy and there's respect right. that has to be uh delivered but there's no real egos and people love to you know say oh dan doesn't have an ego you're a effing idiot if you think dan merle doesn't have an ego he hates to lose he gets mad when he loses he thinks it's a conspiracy dan hates <laughs> to lose that's an ego just because he doesn't show it to you sweethearts doesn't mean he doesn't have one Dan has one. So being with him last year, it was navigating that, navigating Ben Bateman's ego, navigating. But this season, we took all that away, and we organically had conversations about who should pair up with who, depending on what works. And when Barba and when we drafted Ty, who is friends with Barbarian, and we and I went to Tom and was like, we need to get JTE, man. We've been looking at all these other people, and we were kind of asking them to come aboard, but we'd have to convert them into heels, convert them into what we want them to be. JTE comes just add water, and it just made all the sense <laughs> yeah. in the world. And then when JT and I got to talking, we realized that what he knows, I don't know. And what I know, he doesn't know. And that made more sense for us. And Barbarian is such good friends with Ty. I think that's going to be the matchup mm. going forward. And they've been together. They've been, they've won tournaments, trivia tournaments together outside of the Schmodown in like Vegas and other places. <laughs> so if anyone, and we're built, and then another team might be coming as well. So we've got three really strong teams that could come out of the teams, into the team's division this year. And we might be comfortable if JT and I don't get the job done. We might be, not that I think that's going to happen, but we might be comfortable stepping back and giving some space to these, uh, to people like Craig and Ty or this other team that we're pairing up to step into a team's tournament and see what they can do and might shock the world all over again. So for us, it just felt natural for JT. I'm like, it's two Latinos. We're two cantankerous SOBs. <laughs> and he's, he's really smooth, man. He's so chill and confident that it calms me down. Dan and I were basket cases when we were trying to calm each other down, depending on the match. Yeah. But with JT and I, he just has such a calm confidence in himself that it kind of settles me down and we play our game. You know, we don't get involved with all this other crap. And if you notice, people talk crap and JT's like, hmm, okay, whatever. Yeah. And he just plays. And then he'll yeah. get his shot in when he needs to get his shot. And I love that. He's been very, he's been highly effective at that. So, uh, in, in terms of actually playing throughout this game, of course, the, the when you get opponents, you got to feel good. Hmm. And now you you you're able to seal the deal in the third round. 
But now we're looking forward, right? And and you yeah. alluded to Jennifer Sturger after the after the match mm. was over. Hey, we want we want the danger zone. That's who yeah. we want. Yeah. Um, you were very clear about it. JT said, I don't really give a damn. I just want to play yeah. and, and win. But you want the danger zone, obviously, more than even the character side of things, right? <laughs> I mean, more more than even just yeah. the schmodown itself. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of real life here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of real life. The, the, and the thing is, people could there could have been a whole book written on the offseason. Oh my God! That people don't even know about. Oh, totally. Frank and I <laughs> oh were, were were up all hours of the night talking to people and just hearing these stories. So there's a lot in there. There's a lot there. Yeah. And for uh, you, this would be a it would be a a, a big moment to mm-hmm. at least lock into battle with them. I mean, how bad do you want that match? I I, I do want that match because you want to test yourself against the best, right? Yeah. And I'll never deny that Dan Merle is one of the best. I think Ben Bateman showed for a brief window of time how good he could be sure. and that things kind of fell apart last year. So I don't know what kind of a place Ben Bateman is in, and I think deception is going to give them mm. all they can handle. You know, Frank, you and I both know, and Brad, of course, we've watched these tournaments for years. They never go the way people expect. Ever. There's always that upset. Who saw Perry beating Kalinowski in the first right. round? Not a lot of people even though I kind of called it. Nobody, a lot, a lot of people didn't see it. Right, right. But like, you know, you have this happen. All the Liz going through Bibiani and Chance yeah. back to back, for God's sakes. You just don't know. So I, I'm ready to play Dan and Ben. I'd be excited to play Dan and Ben. You know, strip away everything. It's just four dudes who love trivia jumping into a cage and going at it with each other. And we'll see who comes out on the other side. But the other side of his deception stepping in against Collins, who hung a TKO on me, and I still want to rip every hair out of his face for doing that. And Marisol, who you don't know what you got, Marisol could be a burgeoning greatest ever player as and, and having a woman come in and step in and really make a claim. We haven't seen that since the Shire Wolves. So it'd be yeah. great to see her step up and do her thing as well. So it'd be great to challenge ourselves against the young bucks like Adam and Marisol as well. So yes, deception uh, would be interesting. And of course, I'd love to take on Dan and Van Danger Zone. And I think JT would too, even though he says he doesn't care. I think JT would love it um, because we want to play Snyder for those belts so damn bad. So. I, I think that you're right too, though, when you talk about deception. I mean, there hasn't been a female player yeah. Uh, uh, who has that, who's such a high level, you know, we haven't seen a female player like this. And I think that Ben Bateman could be that next female. I mean, excuse me. Bill, so <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy sorry, crap. Ben. Sorry, Ben. Wow. I think that, I'm oh, so sorry, man. Ben. Jesus. I think that Marisol McKee could, could reach that level. I'm sorry, Ben. Yikes. Did um, you take your hair product? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I, that was a Freudian yeah. slip, I guess. Wow. Uh, n- nevertheless, Frank, I'm sorry. You were about to say something. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, with deception, you know, obviously you have a little bit of history there with Adam Collins, but Marisol oh, yeah. really is some, as we saw in her last match against video drew, um, yeah. and you know, decept or corruption as a whole chance. She went out and got Marisol. She made a big move to go grab her and she put this did. team together because deception in their debut match of the season, they did not miss a question. They did not miss a point. The first mm-hmm. team to ever do that in the team's division to earn every point, answer every question, um, Obviously, there'd be a tremendous um, test for both you and JTE if, if yeah. you were to find them in the finals. Um, 
What is it do you think about these newer players like Adam Collins and Marisol McKee? What mm. do you think it is about them that allows them to walk into the league or enter the league and play at such a high level and just put everybody seemingly on notice? Yeah, I think we've crossed the Rubicon as a league. And by that, I mean people now really understand the level of trivia knowledge they need to step to have to step into this league and actually make an impact. You know, in the past, I think some people have joined the league to get followers or to boost their social media profile or their get attention for themselves for whatever reason uh, and didn't really come with the trivia knowledge, didn't really come with what it takes. And the truth is, at the end of the day, you could have the greatest characters, but people respect wins and people love to cheer for people and see them succeed and have a belt on their shoulders in the, cause that's the ultimate goal for almost everybody who walks in. And I think people walking in now more than ever are walking in with that intention to have the gold around their waist or on their shoulders. Where in the past, I think people didn't necessarily come into league with that overall idea or overall goal. Because you got to put the time in now, ladies and gentlemen. You can't walk in thinking you know so much. You've got to put the time in because everybody has holes of knowledge. Everybody. And so you have the advantage as a rookie coming in that people don't know you that well. And so people don't know your holes in knowledge. So they just play the game and see what you got. But the more you play, the more people start figuring out. And the free-for-all was a really big um, – uh, how can I say it? It's a really big – exposition or exp really uh, allowed a bit a bunch of these rookies Ex to yeah. be exposed mm -hmm. in yeah. a way to what they don't know and what they do know and how deep their level of knowledge is you know so that that was a good thing it was great to see some of the rooks come in and play in the free-for-all that was i enjoyed the free-for-all this year because you know i was i was watching to see what peggy would do what these other rooks would do griffin newman would do yeah. uh when they got the chance kim taylor foster on our on our exchange so it was great to see them show up and show out and so you know i got, I got one last question for you john and yeah. it's I'm curious. You, you, maybe you don't have to answer, but you know, it'd be cool if you did. Um, taking aside everyone that's on your faction, um, mm -hmm. is there one player outside of your faction that you're just kind of root, quietly rooting for? Be like, I hope they have a good season. I just hope they do good because they'd be good for the league. Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I, I don't know if I've been keeping my eye. I mean, Mar I guess Marisol at the end of the day. We just mentioned her, so I hate to yeah. repeat myself, but I because I mean she was someone we went after pretty hard. We yeah. wanted to get Marisol on the team. A female heel would have been fantastic. And look, and I'll be honest with you, some of the crap we took for our draft, you know, the all these people came out of the Warwicks who had no problem with Dungeon having only one woman on their squad last year, but apparently they they found their you know their indictment all of a sudden because it's Tom and it's Finstock, and people have an in an inner desire to hate Tom for whatever reason. Uh, people came out of the woodworks with this, but we had plans. We fought hard to get Marisol. And when that trade happened, it really pissed us off because we really wanted her. But Shannon, you know, Shannon made all, made all the noise and clamored and all that. And she got Marisol and she made it happen. And look, it's no disrespect. She's a manager. She did what she had to do yeah. to get the players she needed yeah. on her faction. I may have an issue with it, but it's irrelevant to the end goal because she got what she wanted and a good manager does that. And, but in the end, that was kind of that put a big hole in what we really wanted to do. So she's someone I've watched, and I like her. I like her confidence. I like the way she approaches the game. I like the style because she's willing to take the shots as she's doing her stuff. And you can tell other players get unsettled by playing her. 
Uh, and I like that. And I also can tell that she gets nervous and she's pushing past her nerves, pushing through her nervousness to conquer it match by match. As she gets more and more experience, she's finding her way through those nervous moments even more strongly. And so I think she's being seasoned through these matches to really step up to the plate. Um, I guess on the other side, I, I liked Paige's debut. I thought for sure she had Peggy dead to rights, man. <laughs> it looked and, like it. Right, right. And it I did. I was cheering for Paige because I like Paige's kind of uh, approach to the game. I mean, that workout video, that was Paige, right? It was that Peggy. That was Paige, right? The workout video. Um, Do you guys remember? Beth I think that did, was, uh, it was Beth. Oh, the Beth. That yeah, was Beth. great as well. Yes, I mean, man. that was brilliant. Beth May, that was effing brilliant in case you're watching this. But Paige comes with this kind of like um, desire and then sassy. It's like this kind of like you know, cockiness that you like to see. So I've been kind of quietly cheering for her. And when she lost to Peggy, it, 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 I was kind of bummed out about it, but I'm hoping she bounces back, gets another match and kind of steps up and, and does what she needs to do. But yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean outside it, the Finstock. Yeah. Uh, outside the Finstock exchange. Well, we got a long season left. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if, if John Rocco will hold championship gold once again in the movie trivia showdown it's a big possibility see. john we always appreciate your time let the people know where they can find you uh and what what shows because i know you have 70 million uh <laughs> yeah. that they can that they can watch and, and enjoy man it's got to pay bills man what got you. i hear you i'm not hating i got one question for frank you know who our team is now don't you yes ob you know who the hell the team you know is who now. they are now you frank. know who all the players are now frank yeah, yeah. you get real quiet <laughs> you get real quiet when he comes up on you hey, like but hey i pay my respects i'll pay my respects i That's like right. my crow but yeah, right. yeah. Eat it. put some jelly on that crow son <laughs> uh you can find me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram put some jelly on it because <laughs> jam don't shake like that uh but yeah uh you know uh yeah find me at the roca says on twitter and instagram and please come on over to my channel i have a lot of fun on the channel it is uh, 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 youtube.com slash John Roca says doing all kinds of stuff. Really great, diverse channel with a bunch of hosts from different walks of life. We've got a bunch of new shows rolling through there. And of course, we do the Schmodown, the ultimate Schmodown after show on there, if I can plug that on Saturdays. Yeah. Great crew over there. I don't control anything they do. They only come to me if they need to maybe book a guest that they don't know. But it's a free, open show that I, I don't tell them what to say or what to do. So I like having that kind of pride of having a show like that on the channel as well. So yeah, go and find all the stuff I do. Top 10 geek buddies and the cinephiles. And I love you all. Thank you. Uh, love you, John Roca. That is the incredible, the incomparable outlaw. Talk to you soon, my friend. Take care, boys. TKO. TK outlaw. <laughs> there he is. There he uh, is. Frank Janish. What a night. What, what a, a fight. Night. Um, looking what forward to that. Uh, great show. Yeah. Great show. Um, Frank, why don't you do the same thing that John Roca just did? TKO? What? No, no. Plug what you got. <laughs> man. Plug what you got. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at FrankieJ29. Uh, on, what did I say? On Twitter and Instagram already, right? I said that. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Twitter and Instagram and all that jazz. Okay. We will what find you? What about you? You can find me on all social media at Brad Gilmore. That's where you find me. Check out the Hall of Fame over there on the Reality Wrestling YouTube channel every Monday and Wednesday. Check out the FCL this Tuesday. Guess what? We have two big matches. Gerald Battaglia taking on Battaglia taking on Jared Haben. Wow. And breaking news. Number one contender match. Kofi Outlaw taking on Vanessa Fitzsimmons. Ooh. The winner will face Nick Harley for the first ever FCL championship. That's going down this Tuesday. Don't miss out. Don't get shut out. He... He's Frank Janish. That's right. 
on the boat. This is the Schmodown Rundown, and as always, we hope that you... And if you find it in the road, that is right for you. And we'll see you all next week.